Welcome back to School of Science Radio. I'm Gino Ganello. Uh, joining me today, uh, first time this season, but obviously not the first time on the podcast, Tom Malos. Tom, how are you doing today? Obviously, after a tough loss. Yeah, um, yeah, it's good to be back. It would be nice to be talking about a win, but uh, yeah, apart from that, I'm not too bad, but plenty to, uh, to talk about in the next uh, half an hour or so. Yeah, absolutely. Um, fittingly, this is the 100th podcast uh, for SOS Radio, and we're talking about a loss, a gut-wrenching loss to Villa, where Everton kind of fell apart in, um, in about 10 minutes, and it was, that was the end of the game. Um, first 60 minutes, it was scoreless, and then all of a sudden, Villa kind of took control. Matty Cash with a 66-minute goal. Uh, followed shortly after by a Luca Dean own goal off a corner from Le- naturally Leon Bailey. Um, and then Leon Bailey actually gets on the score sheet after that in the 75th minute. Um, one thing is for certain, if you are a de- debutante or you are a player that Everton was heavily linked with before, you will score against us. I think it's happened twice now already this season in the four games. Um, this is, I think, the fifth straight loss to Villa now. Um, haven't beaten them since before they came back to the Premier League um, in 20 or before they left the Premier League in 2016. The expected goals wasn't too bad. The um, I don't think the game overall was that bad, but obviously a few injuries. We find out that Richarlison, Pickford, Coleman all out with injuries right before the match that comes out, um, right before the team sheets are released, I should say. And then, um, of course, Hama is nowhere to be found. We'll talk about all of that, but let's talk about the players on the pitch first. Thoughts on the lineup with what we had, um, you know, for this match? Yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be too harsh on them because I think we, we all knew what the limitations of the squad was going into this season. And you know, it was really thin in key areas. So, but we, you know, we have a decent first eleven, but as soon as we get a few injuries, there's not much there. So um, I think they actually did okay, considering, as you said, um, it was fairly even. It was just a couple of key moments. If you think uh, in the second half, there was a chance when uh, Esri Konza dragged back Damari Gray, blatant free kick, possibly yellow card, maybe even more. It wasn't even given as a foul. I don't know what the referee was thinking there. Then Gray has a shot just wide. And I think moments later, Dina, who had a pretty shocking game, falls asleep, Cash gets in behind. And then he nods in an own goal for you know, a couple of minutes later and it's game over. And you look, Benitez would have looked at his bench and there was just nothing there. You know, Villa could bring Bailey on to turn it around. Uh, it will turn the game in their favour. We just had nothing. And I think we're going to see this a lot this season when we have more than two or three players out, particularly in key areas, we're going to, going to really struggle. So it's disappointing, but I think once everyone's calmed down, I think we'll reflect on what's been a decent start to the season considering, and I didn't think we played that badly tonight, but it just showed up our weaknesses. And I think there's going to be times where if, if we fall behind or plan A isn't working, we just haven't got the options or the depth to, to change things. So the, the 11, looking at the team, I don't think really Rafa Benitez could have done much more. You know, Godfrey at right back, Kenny didn't look amazingly fit, but the alternative is John Joe Kenny, who, again, we're not 100% convinced with. Um, 
Yeah, were you surprised that Godfrey started over um, John Joe Kenny? We talked about it on the pod. I talked about it with Kevin on the last pod about how I kind of expected John Joe Kenny to play against, you know, some of the lesser sides in the Premier League and then probably bring on a Godfrey or a Holgate at right back for the top six. Were you surprised to see John Joe Kenny not in the lineup today? On one hand, yes, because usually I'm always an advocate of if you've got a player who plays in his natural position rather than shoving someone out there who doesn't look comfortable. But, you know, John J. Kenny's been on loan for the past couple of seasons. He's not been fancied by three or four managers now. So Benitez must have seen him and thought that he's not good enough to start. Godfrey's done okay there in the past, though. He's not he's not as comfortable going forward, we know that. So we do lose any sort of attacking threat down that, that flank. Um and we'll talk about the League Cup game later on, but I certainly think Kenny should start that one. But um yeah, I think he must be he must have been doing enough in training, but he must have seen what um not enough to, to put him in the starting lineup because he would have been the natural replacement for Coleman. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe it was just, um, I mean, again, another thing we talked about about this Villa game on the last pod was, you know, the worry of Bailey coming back and obviously their fullbacks pushing forward. Um, that's a lot to deal with. But again, you're right. A, a player who's playing in that right back position naturally should be able to deal with that. But we've all had questions about John Joe Kenny. And, and again, goes back to the transfers and all of that. Um, you know, I, I, like you said, you know, it's hard to put any um, pressure on this or weight on this because, I mean, listen, Richarlison, um, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, Jordan Pickford, James Rodriguez, four players who were not featured in today and probably are four, four of our most talented players. So, um, and then of course, Coleman, who has been, you know, a, a stalwart, you know, absolutely every single time going to start when he's fit, um, also didn't play. So there was probably five starters, maybe four or five starters who were out of the um, out of this game, which is, is a lot. But again, as you said, shows to the depth um, that, that we are having a problem with. Solomon Rondon comes in at striker. What would be, I'm sure, our third you know string striker at this point because it looks like he favors Richarlison, at least for right now, while Rondon gets fit. And, and it was clear that he wasn't fit for after probably about 30 minutes. He was kind of lagging around the pitch. Um, but they had no options. There were, you couldn't throw Ellis Sims out there. He's just coming back from injury, and he's a really young player. Um, so it, it was tough, and it was difficult. And, and, you know, when we needed to change the game, things, um, you know, things – there was nothing there. There was nothing there to change the game on the bench. Of course, Anthony Gordon gets brought on, and then it looks like Benitez throws the white flag sort of by putting Tom Davies on for Wobi, who is currently playing striker at that point. Uh, it was a lot of makeshift just to get us out of the match without any injuries, it seemed. But um, you did mention Dean. Uh, we'll start, I guess, there. Um, are you worried about him so far this season? Hasn't been any attacking returns, has looked not great and, and, and typically not amazing defensively um, over the course of the, the time he's been here. But Again, without those attacking returns, I think it's a little bit more glaring. Are you worried about his performances so far this season? Yeah, I don't think he's got going. I think long-term, I think he will come good. Um, I think, as you say, his sort of weaknesses defensively are being, there's a lot of focus on them because he's not getting forward as much and he's not having the um, attacking impact that he usually has. Um, I think uh, it was noted today he was taken off corners 
so even his set pieces aren't, aren't, aren't there at the moment. And there was a debate on uh, Twitter after the Burnley game. Someone was saying that Nudinho played poorly, but then the stats suggested he'd done well. Um, I think he's maybe it's lingering from the summer. Now he played at the Euros and he got injured. Maybe, maybe he's just slightly out of form. Where the way we're playing now isn't relying as much on his attacking play as it was. So again, he's not noticed as much. So yeah, he's someone. It's it's, it's a bit it's frustrating because he's one of our better players and we don't have many of them. So we need everyone to be playing well to get results. Um, but I think he will come good. It was just frustrating today that. It was, I think, concentration. He just let Cash get the wrong side of him. Um, maybe had he been a bit further out, um, he could have taken him down and taken the yellow card, but he was getting very close to the penalty area, so I don't think he wanted to risk that. Um, and then, yeah, for the delivery, it was a decent delivery from Bailey for the corner, but it was just a poor defensive header. So he's just had a nightmare minute. Um, but I, I don't think, I think he'll, he just needs to play his way out of it. I and mean, I'm not concerned long term, but we could certainly do with him getting quicker, getting to form quickly because he is one of our better players. Yeah, it's been tough. Um, you know, he's, like you said, uh, you know, we, we, it's a good thing that we haven't had to rely on him as much offensively because a lot of the offense the last couple of years has been through him, been put him putting in crosses. I think it could be that. I mean, also in terms of offensive return, you have to have somebody on the other side of the ball. And let's be honest here, Dominic Calvert-Lewin, he's been injured the entire season. So, I mean, I'm sure jumping off a broken toe is not easy. So he's not getting up there as he normally is. I'm sure his holdup play has been, you know, and obviously it then, then ends up with the injuries. So the targets haven't really been there. It's hard to find Andros Townsend on a cross or, you know, unless he's in space. So um, maybe that plays into a little bit, but definitely hasn't looked his best. Um, and again, I think it's, it's, it's showing more of those glaring defensive issues. You're right. I mean, if he was further out, I, I think he would have taken him down. Um, but right next to the box, it was impossible to do that. There was a run of, I think, Ollie Watkins coming in the box, so Yerry Mina couldn't go to help, and it was just kind of the perfect scenario for, for Villa where, like you said, Dean fell asleep, and then, um, you know, Matty Cash was through on goal and um, puts it in the back of the net there. I saw some people saying that, um, you know, a better goalkeeper would have saved some of the shots uh, how did you feel about Azmir Begovic's performances or performance today, um, specifically, you know, on the three goals? I'd have to watch them again because, say, we're coming off this straight after the match and I didn't really want to go over it again straight away. Um, I thought it was maybe a bit harsh from the first look. I think um, I thought the first goal, Matty Cash, he's got a good contact on it from inside the penalty area. He's got not much time to, to react. Um, second goal, again, no chance. Dina heading past his own goalkeeper. Um, Bailey's, from first look, maybe sort of has it gone through him slightly, but he has absolutely smashed it um, from not very far out. So maybe, that's a, maybe it's picking holes. Um, I'd have to look at the replays again. He did make a brilliant save early on as well from uh, Tyron Mings. So um, they weren't howlers, maybe if you've been really um, harsh and really critical, maybe you could question it, but there were a lot of other things wrong aside from the goalkeeper and the build-up to, to all those goals. Yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I just had to ask a question because I saw some people talking about it on Twitter. I agree. I, I'm, I'm not sure that there's much he could have done. I mean, both of the, um, the, the goals by Bailey and Cash were absolutely smashed. And then the other one, it's just not much time to react to, to that, that header from Dean and, so, you know, I, I think it's just putting pressure on, you know, on Begovic and 
you know, I don't think there really is need for it. I don't think there's need to, to put that on him. I, I think it's just, again, bad fullback play. Again, we talk about the uh, mistakes on the goals. I mean, what is Ben Godfrey doing? All I mean, he's basically playing center back in, for that third goal, right? Yeah, and that's, that's what happens when you have players playing out of position. They naturally drift in. It was just, it was just that sort of 10 minutes. It's almost, it was the opposite of what happened with Burnley on Monday. Just, they just seem to lose their heads for a bit. They lose that bit of concentration. And maybe that's, that's what's happened with Godfrey. He's, he's not fully concentrating. He's drifted in. So almost an autopilot, used to playing right side to centre half, and yeah, he's caught way, way out of position. Bailey's got him behind, and, and, and it's three 0 So again, it just all adds into this is all issues that we knew about, all weaknesses in the squad. Um, one, someone pointed out as well, possibly with Dinia, he's got no competition at left back. Someone pointed with Pickford's form improving last year because he had Olsen pushing him. He's got Begovic this year. You know, our squad's so thin. There's certain players they know they will play and start regardless of, of their form. If we had a, another left-back um, coming through, would it be worth him putting in for a couple of games, you know, just to put that pressure on um, Dinia? Because so, Dinia knows that he'll, he'll play um, certainly at Norwich next week, even though he's not at the best games. So, yeah. again, it's all the consequence of, of the, the really small squad that... that all added up to just a bad evening all around. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, competition is key. I think that's, like you said, it's shown with some of these other players. Um, and, and I think it's, um, you know, made a lot of, like you said, Pickford, I think it's made better. And, you know, all these good teams, if you look at the top teams, they all have competition for all the spots. So um, even if players are starting week in, week out, they still have competition where if they do go out of form, they're going to they're gonna be replaced. And, um, you know, I think, you know, maybe, maybe that could help Dean. So we'll see. Let's change to the good, at least for a little bit. Um, who impressed you the most this game? I think um, well, the standout, I think, was Damari Gray again. I thought he was um, fantastic. He's been fantastic this season. Always lively. His pace was uh, a real threat on the break. You could see we were looking to, to soak up and then hit on the counter had a good break in the first half when he crossed low, had uh, the opportunity when he was dragged back and wasn't given a foul. And he had that shot just wide. So I just thought he was, yeah, he was fantastic again. He's been a brilliant signing. Um, yeah. I thought Rondon started well as well. He Some of his hold-up play and, and, and close control was fantastic and he was a threat. He just wasn't fit. He just he just completely gassed out early in the, in the second half. But I think mm-hmm. if he can get up to speed, he's definitely an option. Um, so those two are the ones that, that stood out. Everyone else, it was all fairly steady. And then just, he started off middling and then went down fairly quickly. But Gray, I think he's been a real highlight so far this season. Yeah, I feel like that. And again, the reason I asked the question, see, is how you're feeling, because I felt the same way. You know, Gray is, um, for me, he, every time we had a chance, it felt like he was in and around the ball. It was on and on and around the ball, I should say. And so he, you know, he was, he's quick. He's, he's really got a confidence about him where every time he's on the ball, you're, you think he could score, he can put in a good cross and contribute to a goal in some way. So I, you know, I, I think he was the best player, as you mentioned, Rondon as well, looked really good at the start. Fitness, again, possibly an issue with him, just, just seemed to peter out. He had, you know, with the, he, he came close on the, the gray cross. He, had, he came close on the header early in the match. Um, and, and I think there was a ball played into him there as well. Um, in early in the match that he could have had a better shot at if, you know, maybe 
um, you know, and if maybe, you know, was a little closer to the ball. And as, as things petered out, he was um, started just kind of not really make an impact on the game. Um, but Gray, yeah, Gray was fantastic. My personal opinion on that, that foul was that he was definitely dragged down. I, I think he would have been in on net if he, uh, if he doesn't get dragged down there. I, I think you, you could have made the case that it could have been a red card if it was, I mean, it should have been a foul, um, but it very well could have been a red card just based on, you know, that turn, the ball was very close to his body. He had the opportunity to get past and get through on net and at least put a shot on net. Who knows if it would have went in, but, um, but yeah, I, I think it was harsh not to at least give a, a foul, but again, that's when the game changed and things started to get a little crazy and, that 10 minutes happened and, and all of a sudden Everton are down three, nothing, but um, gray was the best for me um, has been really for a majority of these games this season, which, you know, the bright spot about Everton didn't spend a ton of money this season or this off season didn't bring in, you know, maybe cover in certain areas, but in the players that they did bring in, I think we, we have some pretty solid players, which, you know, for the money we spent is, is, is great. Um, what do you think needs to change? I mean, obviously these injuries are um, a problem, but you can't change that. So for us to go in and, and, and improve against QPR, against Norwich, against the games after this for, um, you know, however long these players are out, what do you think needs to improve? And does Rafa need a change in formation? Did the two-man midfield of uh, Ducore and Allen not work at first? What's your opinions on how we move forward from here? Yeah, I think um... – like the the Burnley game on Monday when Gomez came on, just gave us a bit of a foothold in the midfield. That um, could be something that we can change. But you know what? I think certainly Rondon getting fitter so he can last uh, a full ninety minutes. I think is important because once he'd gone off, we had nothing up, nothing up front. Um, I think the, the QPR game. I think that's a strange one. It's given it's only a couple of days away or two three days away now. We've got a lot of injuries. Usually, you'd play a weakened team anyway, but I don't know how many options we've got. So I'd, I think that's a sort of a strange game. I think Rafa will use that to give some of the squad players um, some time, or, or the ones that are fit anyway. Um, but I, I just don't think we should completely overreact and change too much. I think we're not that far. I think yet today, um, it was just key moments that, that went against us. Um, so I think we've just got to ride it out while while we've got certainly without Calvert Lewin with Charleston, um, we've got to try and just be a bit more solid. Um, so maybe the other option is perhaps um, bringing Gomez into midfield. Maybe see how give John Joe Kenny a start on Tuesday and see how he does. Um, that would then perhaps bring Godfrey into into the centre. Um, so I'm always, as I mentioned, I always prefer players playing in their natural position. Um, so whether that's an option, but. Just looking at it, yeah, there's not this, there's not much else really there for Rafa to do. There's also, of course, the, the Hamas Rodriguez question. But yes, yeah, yeah. Are, are you <laughs> expecting to see him maybe on Tuesday? Are we? I I don't even know what to think anymore because he's got to be fit, right? Yeah. Well, the fact that we could only we only named eight subs today. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't on there. Sims has been out all most of the summer. He's just come back and he was named on the bench. I think that's telling. Um, yeah. I just don't think they've got anything to lose in playing him on Tuesday. I really don't. Um, if, if anything, he's just he's a he's a body, he's a fit body. He's, you can 
go out there and um, we haven't got many other options. Yeah. But it just seems Benitez has decided he just doesn't want him anywhere near the team. Um, but he's got to stay around for at least another two or three months. So <laughs> who knows what's going to happen. I, I, if, if he doesn't play or he doesn't feature at all on Tuesday, uh, I, I'd be surprised if we'd see him at all in Everton shirt again. I think he'd, he'd just be completely cut off. Yeah, I, I can't imagine. If he isn't even in the squad on Tuesday, there's no shot we see him ever again, I think. Um, but, yeah, he's he's such an interesting case. It's just, you know, today was a game that we probably could have used him in that midfield, uh, just, you know, even just as a body. Um, you know, and he could have played that role where, you know, right behind the striker, um, you know, maybe given some options, put he, you know, put, you know, maybe a Wobie on the bench and shift Amari Gray out Why? You know, it's – he would be helpful to the squad, but clearly there's something there's something going on there that that obviously we don't know um, for sure. But it's not great, and I guess uh, Tuesday is really the time when we'll really know what the what the deal is there um, with with Hamas Rodriguez. Um, let's take a quick break here, and then we'll come back and we'll talk a little bit about uh, the QPR match. All right, we're back, and now we're talking moving forward, moving on from the defeat. Now we're going to look towards the future. Hopefully, everything get back to winning ways. They take on uh, QPR in the next round of the EFL Cup, um, pulling them up now. Actually, they lost to Bristol City today in the championship 2-1. They currently sit uh, in eighth place on 12 points from eight games, three wins, three draws, two losses, Let's start. We talked a little bit about the lineup. What do you expect to see lineup-wise uh, for this game um, against QPR? I think as many changes as Benitez can can make, given the numbers that we've got. So uh, I think Begovic will be in goal again. I think John Joe Kenny will certainly come in. Um, Mason Holgate. Uh, Rondon, I, if he hadn't have had to start today that would have been perfect for him to have got his first start um but I just think he was so tired today he won't want to risk him because he's more than likely going to have to start um against Norwich next weekend so I think he'll probably have to uh, sit this one out um but yeah just Anthony Gordon Ellis Sims Tom Davis yeah maybe Jared Brantford as well I just uh, all the subs today just yeah, make the changes because we've got so many injuries in key key areas. Um, we need to try and protect them. Um, I don't know whether we picked up any more. Allen didn't look particularly comfortable when he came off. There was one point when he he looked to be struggling, but I think that could have been just he was just frustrated with the game. Um, so as much as I, I'd love us to go on a decent run in the the cup, it, it's come at a pretty bad time for us. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I honestly, again, we say this every year, this is probably Everton's best chance at a trophy. But right now, we don't have any options. Are we going to risk, uh, you know, and, and listen, that, again, after this Villa loss, this doesn't mean we still don't have a good, we still didn't have a good start to the season. And, and Villa has been ready to kind of kick on here for a while. They've been creating the chances. And, and again, I think it was, it's good to point out, you know, Ali Watkins, Danny Ings didn't score in that match, you know. Um, you know, it was Matty Cash, it was a weird cross, and it was Leon Bailey, you know, sprinting forward. So it, it, it's, you know, we, we've had a good start to the campaign so far, and I'm not sure that us putting out a strong starting 11 against QPR 
is going to help us in any way. Um, you know, yes, it may help us in confidence wise moving forward and, and keep us in a fight for a trophy. But I mean, like you, I would expect to see Ellis Sims. I, I can't imagine that Rondon's going to start. Um, I mean, he just looks exhausted at the end of, at the end of today's match. Um, I, so I can't imagine Rondon starts. I mean, I would imagine he took off a Wobie because Gray is probably not going to play on Tuesday, so they're going to have to put a Wobie there. Um, I can't imagine Townsend starts. He didn't start. I think he start. He actually started the last EFL Cup match, but if he doesn't, if he, but he, then he didn't start the match after that um, in the Premier League. But it's again, it's like <laughs> who are we putting out there? I mean, at that point, you know, you're still going to have to put one of Allen and Ducore out there. Most likely, you're still going to have to put one of Keen, Mina, Godfrey out there again. So, I mean, I guess you'd start Niels and Kunku at left back. Um, so, I mean, there's probably, I would expect some wholesale changes, but still some starters in there, which is unfortunate, but we really don't have many options. So, um, that's what I'm expecting there. Um, have you watched any QPR? I, I mean, I have definitely not watched any QPR. Have you watched any QPR this season? No, I can't say I have. No, I, yeah, I yeah, started I, taking more of their results when we drew them in the cup, but um, you know, I haven't really. I've just been looking at the results and where they are in the league. So I, you know, I wouldn't have that much knowledge of, of how they've been doing this season. Other than yeah, just the yeah, same here. Looks, um, <laughs> they had a they they won a game that they had a red card against uh, Middlesbrough. Uh, they've the games they've lost have been to Bristol City, Bournemouth, and um, where's the other one? At least, oh, oh no, they only have two losses. So just the two losses to them. And then they've, as I mentioned, beaten Middlesbrough, beaten our tied Millwall, beaten Hull City. So, I mean, a mixed bag of results there. Um, how, how do we, I mean, is there, there's not much to say here. I mean, is there a chance that we can trot out a weird 11 and go in there and get a win. Um, I mean, how, how do we do that? How do we go about getting a win to get in this QPR match? Well, I think the first thing Benitez will do is he'll get everyone on the training on Monday and just see who's fit and who's not and then pick the team from there. Um, this, this, we still should have enough quality to win. Um, it's like any, any sort of classic going to a lower league ground, particularly somewhere like QPR, um, it's a real old, tight stadium. So if the, the fans turn up in numbers, it can be quite intimidating and right on top of you. So it'll be, it'll be a tough game, but these, it's like everything. You've just got to quieten the crowd. And if you go ahead early on, then you know, we, we should have enough quality. We showed that um, against Huddersfield in the last round where you know, we managed to sneak through, even playing with 10 men for most of the second half. You know, we shouldn't, shouldn't be overawed. It's just how, how they all approach it. But this does have a uh, cup shot written all over it. But maybe that's just, you know, coming straight off this game. Um, I think, as you mentioned, it's important not to get too, get too down after the, the Villa match. Uh, to put it in a bit of perspective, these players haven't, haven't turned terrible overnight. So, yes, make changes, um, protecting players that may have sort of a, uh, any niggling injuries. We st- still should have enough to win. But, yeah. um, as you say, it's a lot of rest on the, on the start, how we start. Yeah, I mean, it's it's just, it, it seems like one of those, right? You know, it seems like uh, just a game where we're going to go there, we're not going to get a goal early, and it's just going to be tough uh, to, to pull it out. Um, again, I mean, listen, <laughs> Villa have significantly more quality than I would imagine this QPR team has. Um, so even with a, a, a 
less than full, full strength starting 11 should be able to keep a good battle. It's just, again, it feels like one of those games um, that we're going to go there and it's, we're going to have a tough time. Um, prediction for this one. Well, uh, I think it'd be similar to the Huddersfield game. I think maybe 2-1. I think there'll definitely be a few hairy moments, but we should do just enough to, to sneak through. Yeah, I'm going to go with... Um, yeah, two. I mean, I, I can't imagine QPR scores two goals. So I, I can't imagine a scenario where we would win 3-2 or even have to go to extra time in 2-2 in or whatever. Um, so two, one seems like, I guess the most likely result. Um, but I could, I could see it being two, one QPR or one, nothing QPR. I can't see us winning the game and keeping a clean sheet. I feel like we're gonna, I feel like we're going to give up a goal somewhere just based on the fact that I feel like we're going to have a makeshift group, the group of players that have largely never played before together. Um, you know, obviously in training and whatnot, but, um, having played on the pitch together, um, I, you know, I, I can't see us keeping a clean sheet. So I'll, I'll go with you. I'll, I'll stay a little optimistic, 2-1 Everton, um, but we'll see. We, we shall see. Let's take another quick break, and then we'll go into Norwich, which we have just a little bit more information on and a little bit more knowledge of, um, and we'll, we'll break that, that game down for you after this. All right, we're back, and we're talking Norwich that game, and, and, and I did not tell you at all what time the game is on Tuesday. Um, the game is Tuesday at 2.45 p.m. over here uh, against QPR. It is on 2.45 p.m. over here on the East Coast. I believe that's 7.45 out in England. The game, on, um, the game against Norwich will take place on Saturday, 10 a.m. over here on the East Coast, um, and 3 p.m. over there in England. Um, Everton, um, this is the first time they've played Norwich, I think since did, did, were they up after we lost to them in the EFL cup? I think this is the first time we played them since we lost to nothing, right? No, it's uh, no, we played them, um, 20 November, 2019. I think it was the last, it was the last few weeks of Marco Silva's, uh, <laughs> reign. I, and I went to it, it was at Goodison and, uh, it was, it was yes. dreadful. Not you know, um, and I think we beat them during the restart at Cowra Road. But yeah, the game at, at Goodison was, it was yeah, we was the last few weeks of Marco Silva, and it was it was one of the worst games I've beat to. Everton were awful that game. Yep, two nothing Everton. The last, the last. Actually, that's not true. We played, um, we played Norwich June twenty fourth of twenty twenty which I guess was after the restart, I think, as, as you mentioned. That was a one nothing win for Everton. Uh, Michael Keane with the only goal. Um, and then, of course, as you mentioned, 2 nothing to uh, Norwich City the last time we played, or the, the time before that that we played them. Um, Todd Cantwell and, and, and Shrebeni with the goal. Um, but new sides all around. It's been, it's been you know, a, a year since the last time we played them a little over a year. Um, how do you expect Everton to line up with this one? Do we expect any of the injured players? I mean, again, it's so hard to tell because we don't really know anything. We just found out what we know before the match. Rafa Benitez haven't even looked to see if he's commented on any of them. Um, and I'll find that out as you're talking, but do you expect any of these um, players to be back for this Norwich match? 
if if there's any chance of them getting back, then 100% we'd need to get them in, get them in, especially um, Richarlison. Um, but as I said, we don't know yet the extent of the injuries. We didn't even know they were struggling until um, the team was announced before the Villa game. So uh, we'll wait and see. I think Richarlison's was a knee. That's always a bit of a concern. Um, Coleman's is his hamstring that he's been struggling with. He missed the Ireland game. So that's something he's obviously been running around with. So um, certainly with Charleston, if, he's, if he is fit, we need to bring him in because we'll need that creativity. Um, Norwich will uh, likely, um, well, they play good football, but again, it'll be a defensive first. Um, but I just have to say, yeah, they've lost their first five games of the season. I think they've lost 15 Premier League games in a row. You know, they haven't got a point yet. So, it's all set up for a Norwich win next weekend. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? It's all set up for Everton to uh, to definitely lose this match. Um, yeah, I, I I don't know, and I'm trying to look right now to see if um, to see if there's any updates on any of the Everton players after the match, um, but it doesn't look like there's anything yet. Um, again, it's going to be another tough match because, you know, even if we get one of those, we're not getting all four or five back or whatever it is. It's... You know, maybe James Rodriguez is involved in some way. Dominic Calvert-Lewin's definitely out. I would imagine that the hamstring injury that Coleman is dealing with will keep him out. Um, and then the Richarlison and Pickford stuff, I'm not really entirely sure. The shoulder injury for Pickford could be bad. The Obviously, the knee thing for Richarlison could be bad. So it's it, there's a lot up in the air. They're, they're not injuries that could... You know, it's not like a little knock that, that they got in training and just couldn't make this one and they'll be back next week. Um, these are injuries that, that could be, you know, to certain areas that could be, you know, extended times out. So it's going to be, I would imagine, something similar to today. Um, I guess maybe how players perform in the, in the QPR match could, could change some of that. But um, it, it's going to be interesting. But as you mentioned, I mean, Norwich have been off to an awful start already this season. Um, they lost again today to Watford 3-1, um, lost last week to, um, to Arsenal 1-0. Um, I mean, <laughs> everything's there for Everton to go and get a win. Um, but uh, this is Everton. Um, what does Villa, what does Norwich pose that could be an issue? Who the players, what's, what do they pose that could be an issue for Everton in this match? Just before I get onto that, they've just seen on the, the Everton website, Benitez has said that Richarlison, Pickford and Colm are going to be out for two to three weeks uh, with their respective injuries, which is Fun. not great. Not great at all. And Gabamin missed the Villa game with a, a minor muscle problem, but who knows? He's an even of a contender who could start on Tuesday if, if he's fit enough. He started on yeah. his field, didn't he? but who knows what his fitness is. Um, Norwich say they've been up and down the past uh, couple of seasons. They've actually spent a decent bit of money. Um, Todd Cantwell's still there from a couple of seasons ago. I think the one we'll all probably want to watch is uh, uh, Max Ahrens, the uh, the fullback. You know, Everton have been desperately need a right back. Uh, they've been linked with Ahrens um, certainly early in the summer. We were meant to be close, but then nothing ever happened. So, be really good to see what what. Um, sort of threat he sort of poses It'd be very different to someone like Burnley I say Burnley were well organised uh, physical and aggressive um, Norwich would be slightly more attacking as you know, they play 4-3-3 um, 
with Timu Puki as this their strike man. Um, yeah. Sergeant, the the US striker, he he started today as well. So. Uh, uh, and apparently, I mean, I didn't watch the game. Apparently, he looked good today. Um, he's could be good, could be bad. He's kind of a, uh, you know, he's in a, he's a hit or miss every week recently, um, even for the American squad. But Rashika also is a name that I think as well could be could be um, could be a problem. How does Everton defend this? How do they how do they kind of take on Norwich? What what do they need to do well to um, neutralize? I mean, what, what is the Norwich offense that has scored two goals so far this season? <laughs> yeah, that's that's the thing. They um, yeah, they struggle for goals. I think they'd be very similar to when they came here a couple of years ago. They haven't the the same manager. Their the style of play won't change that much. Um, Everton fell into the trap that day. Um, they were too slow, too ponderous. They let Norwich dictate the pace of the game. They didn't let them get behind the ball. And as soon as Norwich went ahead, then they were able to to, to hold on to it. So I think England, England, uh, Everton's all about tempo and, and aggression and being fast. What those sort of ten fifteen minutes against Burnley on Monday when they really stepped it up, they were attacking with pace. Yeah, Townsend and Gray. Um, that's how it, because we have we've got technically we've got better players in Norwich, but if we allow them uh, to dictate the tempo and just let them get their men behind the ball, and we just end up passing it across and forwards because we haven't got that sort of creativity, particularly with Richarlison, Calvert-Lewin out. Rondon is more of a, a target man, so we're not going to have those sort of three balls. So you'd expect it to be paced, maybe getting it wide and then balls into the box. Um, yeah. Rondon and be there for the second balls. But we should win. I think, you know, had, had we had this game coming up this weekend, speaking after the Burnley game, we were saying, yeah, we're full of confidence, we should do it. But after the, the Villa game, all of a sudden things change. We're not really in that mindset. But, you know, there's no reason why Everton can't go and win next weekend and, and win comfortably. And that's not uh, taking notes lightly. It's just you know, yeah. the bottom of the league for a reason. We, we have better players. If we play to our potential, we should win. Yeah, and, and, and listen, I mean, you know, from a Norwich perspective, they have only scored two goals, but they've kind of gotten the short end of the stick in their start to the season. Liverpool, City, Leicester City, Arsenal, their first four matches. I know Leicester City and Arsenal haven't really impressed this season, but still – Tough matchups for a promoted club. And then, of course, Watford, um, a game that, you know, obviously I'm sure they would have hoped they would have looked better in. They have Liverpool in the EFL Cup on Tuesday. So I'd imagine they just throw a bunch of random players out there. They're expected to lose anyway. Don't want to risk any injuries. So they'll probably have a full squad. Um, But, yeah, I think the biggest problem with Rondon, I think, is just the fact that as opposed to Dominic Calvert-Lewin or Richarlison, some of those other players – he's not going to be able to keep up with, at least right now, with the pace of, of the counterattack of Damari Gray or Andrews Townsend. So a lot of times the ball is on the outside and he's, you know, I, I felt like a lot of times he was unable to keep up with that counterattack today. And I feel like that could be a problem when they're looking to cross balls in or find a separate option. And um, I mean, they made it work for certain points, but having a Richarlison or having a, a Dominic Calvert-Lewin playoff obviously helps significantly but, I mean, this is a perfect great game for, I think, Damari Gray to come out. You know, I think he can really, again, once again, shine. The midfield of Ducore and Allen should shine again. Um, you know, it should be a clean sheet. Uh, you know, I, I, you know I, I know Coleman will be out, but I still think that no matter who we put out there, we're, it's, it, in defense, we're better. And it should end up being a clean sheet. Um, as you said, just got to be quick, got to be pacey, got to be, um, you know, on top of it so that 
um, we can, you know, kind of take advantage early. Let's say, you know, Rafa Benita said um, he, it would be better for his health if we didn't go behind every game. And I think all Everton fans can agree with that, that it would be better for all of our health if we didn't go behind every single game. So, you know, QPR would be a big bounce back game for confidence. This will also be one, um, you know, this is a good stretch for Everton in, in, you know, as much as we're missing players, we have a good stretch coming up of teams that we should be able to compete with and beat. We do have Manchester United in there somewhere, but other than that, you know, a, a good quality stretch for the next few weeks. What's your prediction for this match, how it goes, what you're expecting? Think, I think we'll win, but I think given the injuries that we've got, it's going to be a patched up team again. So I'm not going to get too excited. So I think 2 0 win, and I, and I think I'll happily take that. I think if we were fully fit, yeah, that sounds really <laughs> pessimistic against a team that's got no points this season and we're playing them at home. But just the sudden injuries we've got in certain areas, yeah. especially up front, and, you know, 2 0, get the points in the bag, clean sheet, move on. Yeah, I don't think we can complain about that. Yeah, I mean, same. That's exactly what I was thinking. 2-0, points in the bag. Um, the Everton crowd will help, I'm sure. You know, have, being at home, we've already seen the effects of it this season. Last season, barely getting the lick of, of wins at home. Only, I think the only wins we had at home were when the fans were back. Um, and clearly, they pushed the Everton forward in this season as well. Um, so, I would expect, you know, again, I would expect, even with the makeshift group of players, we're going to win. And I expect, again, 2 nothing, like you said. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we uh, wrap this thing up, Tom? Just as you say, talking about the power of the crowd, I think um, I went to the Burnley game on Monday, and that's the first time so I'd been to Goodison with a crowd since sort of, pre-COVID and stuff, and uh, just made me realise the difference that it makes. I think that sort of 10, 15 minutes where Everton blew Burnley away, the noise of the crowd and, and, and Benito spoke afterwards how he knows what um, the Everton fans want and he's really tapped into that and I think that's really going to drag us through some moments this season um, and I think it's going to be really important because particularly because we've got a small squad so it's going to be a lot of times where we'll have injuries, we'll have patched up players, very much a bit like the Moyes era when we didn't have much money, a small squad so players are going out there and they'll need, they'll need lifting at certain times so I think yeah the crowd will play a big role um, next weekend and, and for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I mean, you just look at it. Uh, you know, 3-1 win at home already this season against Southampton, 3-1 win against Burnley. Um, out of the three away matches, only the Brighton game is the, the win that we have on the schedule or, uh, or uh, in, the, in the results from the fixtures. So, you know, obviously two tough matches against Leeds and, and Aston Villa. Those are two tough away grounds to go to. And, and you speak of the noise of the crowd. You know, I think Aston Villa's crowd definitely – push them forward in a similar manner in today's game. And, and that definitely helped um, them, but the, the crowd has clearly been a factor and I think it'll be a factor moving forward here. Um, and, and hopefully Everton go out there. They've got, you know, however long these guys are out for, they have three home matches in their next four premier league games. So let's go out. Let's uh, let's boss it. Let's, let's get it. Let's get a win. Let's get points back. Let's get, get some confidence back. And, uh, Hopefully we're talking to you next week and it's uh, <laughs> we're talking about Man United with, with um, the confidence and the group back. So Tom, thank you so much for joining me for this. Uh, I really appreciate it. It was good having you on. 
No problem. Thanks for having me back on. It wasn't after a win, but you know, onwards and upwards. Yeah, not after a win, not a you know, hundredth episode. I tried. I tried. Listen, that there's there's bright spots to everything. Um, to you guys out there, just keep downloading, subscribing, whatever you got to do to get the podcast. Please make sure you do it each and every week. We appreciate the support. Uh, that's it for us. We'll talk to you guys next week. <laughs>